You're listening to Fox on the Wire. All right. Welcome everybody to another episode of Fox on the Wire. Um, I am here today at the St Andrews Hotel and I've got a very special guest today, an old friend of mine from uh, way back in the day and this is the, the place where we actually first met, started hanging out, started jamming together and, and playing music. Uh, my good friend Russ Kellett, welcome. How are you Craig? Good to see you old mate. Good to see you too in the place where we first um, yeah, first met all those years ago. I can't remember what year. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. It'd have to be 20 years ago. Ooh. You maybe? Mm. Oh, no, maybe, maybe 18. Maybe yeah. 18. Because mm. um, it ran up until I finished about 2012. It's a bit, so, a bit foggy, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> 10 years or so we're here. Yeah. But yes, yes, the famous St Andrews, absolutely brilliant. Still one of the best pubs in the world, without a doubt. Yeah, and it happens to be a beautiful day today. And I'm an old man still playing here. Yeah, <laughs> still that's all right. getting a gig. It's a good thing. It's <laughs> that's a, a great good thing. thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, back in the day we had the, the Monday night jam night, which was a, it was a big deal. Like, you look back now, and especially from my perspective, a Monday night for starters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of all the great people we met up here and... It was one of those special moments in time. Um, I've, throughout my life, there's, there's been certain things that happened. Um, the ESPY before St Andrews, but St Andrews became a, a community within itself. And um, Mondays were, were that busy that at one o'clock in the morning on a Monday night, we're still pushing people out the door. Mm. Um, it was a phenomenon in itself, and it got to the point where, um, if you remember, we would the show would start at eight. We started music lessons in the back room for young musicians at seven, mm. um, and and uh, it was a very community family atmosphere. Um, after the kitchen closed at about nine o'clock. 10 o'clock out the front, one of the locals would start selling um, steamed dim sims and hot dogs oh, and right. stuff. And uh, that was so as people could drink and then sober up a bit and drink some more. And it was just a, just a phenomenon that, that every so happen, every so often happens in, in a venue's life. And um, St Andrews was just the perfect breeding ground for it. Yeah, it was because um, I've never known it to sort of happen anywhere else myself especially on a monday night and it did have a pretty good run too like mm. for what a few years yeah 10 12 years or something yeah like that. and it, it was, was a, a weekly ritual it was it was um it, it was on the back of um i'd done uh see the seven or eight years just before that at the espy in St Kilda, right. Sunday nights at the ESPY, where again people would finish their gigs and then come down and, and get up and do a couple of songs with me and um, uh, we'd film them, put them on TV and put them on radio and that sort of stuff, which was very much a part of St Andrews as well. And on the back of that, Cal, um, who owned it with, um, with Stan at the time, rang me up and said, hey, I hear you're finishing up at the ESPY, how about you come and talk to me about St Andrews. And I thought, oh, yeah, Sunday nights at St Andrews sounds wonderful. And he hit me with one Monday nights. Yeah. 
the and worst night. <laughs> it scared the living hell out of me, I'll tell you. It was like, how are we going to make this work? And instead of me having my own band this time, he introduced me to some people that I'd be working with that, that uh, I had to employ as part of the thing. And I thought to myself, oh, here we go. And I met this guy, Owen, who was going to be my new drummer. Yep. And I thought, oh, yeah, you're as wasted as I am. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> I hope he can actually play. Is that Owen Tipping? Is <laughs> Owen that his name? Tipping, yeah. yes. Um, still a great mate. He's um, Unfortunately, he can't play anymore. He's oh. got the arthritis, but one hell of a drummer and one hell of a mate um, over the years. And uh, basically, instead of having a bass player, I was to be the bass player and filling guitarist and, and all that stuff. And right from the word go, there was something special that happened. And um, within six months, we had the guys from Dusted Orange and a lot of uh, young heavy metal people like yourself <laughs> coming in. And suddenly we, we had the variety of, of rock, metal, folk, country, you name it, it was yeah. happening. Yeah. And that's the perfect place for the right environment, yeah. I think, where where everything's accepted and the crowd just want to see people get better week from week from week. Yeah. Well, to your amazing credit, you gave a lot of people an opportunity week after week. Uh, a lot of people's first opportunity to jump on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't my first time jumping on stage here, but I definitely uh, sort of cut my teeth week to week. Mm. And, you know, whether I was playing on my own or, uh, you know, playing... Because everyone jumped up. Uh, it was just a mis mismatch of uh, musicians, every song or every set. Yeah. You know, I'd put different had... people together and stretch yeah. them out. And people like yourself who... Um, you're a good example of someone who came along with his uh, then heavy metal band. Damn fine band, I might add to it. Um, <laughs> And that's where your focus was. And then I found out that you'd written a couple of original songs. Mm. So I would stretch you and get you to do that as well, acoustically, without all the, the uh, rigmarole around you. And, and doing, doing that with musicians and stretching them makes them learn and gets them more excited. And, and now you're building a career on your acoustic, which for me, I think is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's great to see. I just hope you don't put the electric guitar away completely. No, look, I haven't touched it for a while. It, it is out of the case. Uh, the other band I'm in, Old Etiquettes, we sort of are on some sort of hiatus at the moment, but that sort of uh, gave me a chance to play electric over the last few years. Uh, but... Um, yeah, on a bit of a hiatus, so I sort of haven't touched it of late. So it's all all acoustic at the moment. But e even myself, um, I'm doing uh, like I'm doing the duo today with uh, old mate Bernie McGarrigal. Yep. Um, but since I've moved back to the bush, a lot of what I'm doing is solo shows. Yeah. Um, but I still take the amp and the electric as well. Okay. And I mix up the acoustic with with you know phaser sounds and distortion sounds and mm. stuff like that just just to give a bit of variety because uh heaven forbid every song sound the same yes <laughs> well how, how long's your set today you got a couple of hours um or? we'll we'll play for three hours today. yeah so that's a long time to just play acoustically i guess yeah. and I, I guess it runs the risk of sounding all the same or similar well thank thankfully um 
with uh, the stuff I write because in a show I'll do, um, as you know, usually close to half originals. Um, and But I write some that sound country, some that sound folk, some that sound rock. Um, so I, I don't fall into that, oh, that sounds like a Russ song. Yeah. It's like, oh... What's he, what's he come up with now yeah. sort of thing <laughs> which is good um, uh, record companies the reason I do it independently is I've been told you can't put all those songs on mm. one CD they've, it's, they've all got to be the same genre well my attitude is if, if people are going to come to a, a gig and listen to all the different stuff and buy the CD and get all the different stuff they're going to enjoy it yeah so yep um, that sort of makes makes the the set more interesting as well. And when you're writing, it's it's not always a deliberate thing what you're writing in what style. It's it's just what's coming out. Oh yeah. So yeah. you just sort of let it flow out, and it turns out the way it turns out. Fortunately, I have no control over it. It happens when it happens, how yeah. it happens, and and um, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh hello, we've got the banjo going. I'll have Bernie on the banjo today. We've got a couple of banjo songs in the set. Yeah. Yeah, so for those listening, we're basically sitting in the, I guess, the meals area, side stage here at St Andrews. Uh, What time is it? It's like 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Russ will be on stage soon. Um, But I, I drove into town today, and if I didn't know any better, all these cars parked on the side of the road, the car park's full, I had to park way up the road. If I didn't know any better, they'd all be here to see you play today. Getting I, ready. Is that I true? I wish, but unfortunately, <laughs> well, no, fortunately, across the road is the St Andrews Market. Now, for those in Melbourne, Australia, where we are, make tea, um, it is, for years it's been renowned as one of the best hippie um, outdoor markets in the country. And... People come from everywhere, and Melbourne has been cold, cold, blistering, Antarctic winds, cold. And this is the first 18-degree day with sunshine and blue skies, so the motorbikes are out, the hippies are out, I'm out, and it's all happening. Yeah, so no doubt it would have been colder up here than sort of more in the suburbs, uh, <laughs> being out in the bush here in the past week or so. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it's a pretty nice day today, so yeah, everyone's out. and um, Where I live, out uh, near Mount William in the Grampians yep. we've had a lot of snow this year, a lot of snow um, not where I am, my farm's on the flats but uh, we've certainly had the ice mm. if not, and, and little flurries, there's been days where the rain's sort of just been floating down, it's like oh hang on that's a flurry, that's almost snow <laughs> wow. is that good for your, your songwriting state of mind? Oh I, I can't do city anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll come down to do gigs every so often, but I had to get away from the city. It was destroying my soul again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we spoke about that on the phone briefly the other day, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. I said I had a... I got the urge. I have had for a while to, to move out of the city and um, country or beach. I think I'm heading to, more towards beach, but... And what did you say? He said, if you don't... You just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's like kids. If you wait until you can afford to have kids, you'll never have kids. Yeah. You, some experiences in life, if it's in your heart, you've just got to go. You've yeah. just got to do it. Yeah. And, and you make that commitment and things will go wrong. 
Yeah. They always do. You buy a house and and there's always, you know, another 20 grand's worth of stuff you didn't see that needs to be done. There's always a dream, but that's part of the adventure. That's part of the adventure. Yeah. So you've lived city, you've lived country. Yeah, sort beach. Of over the years, yeah. Beach. I had, had my house at Phillip Island for nearly 10 years. Mm. Loved it down there, surfing and stuff. Yep. But yeah, the the farm's taken me and, and um, growing my own meat and stuff like oh, yeah. that is is really cool. Yeah, getting into that. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Even even the vegetarians in the family don't mind the way I do it because okay. my my meat grows up being loved. Right. And then appreciated every step of the way. Yep. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been how long you been there now? Not long. You just sort no, of moved there, didn't you? Yeah, we've, we've only been there a few months. Um, took us a while to find it um, because I didn't want too big a farm. We've only got five acres, which is enough for me to run the meat to take care of myself and for it not to get on top of me. Um, so basically I play around the farm during the day, do three or four gigs a week and um, enjoying it. Is there much, uh, many venues out that way to play? Well, thankfully around the Grampians, yes, um, because it's a big tourist area. It's one of the most beautiful spots in the world. Um, so visitors from overseas coming um, want to see the Australian bush and... and the, the rock work out there and, and that sort of stuff. It's it's just a magical part of the world. Um, and there's wineries all over the place, which um, they they give me a lot of work. And uh, you've also got your tourist venues and then your pubs and, and that sort of stuff as well. So very active scene. I've, I just got um, called into Horsham last week and uh, in a couple of weeks we're starting a Sunday jam there. Oh, cool. Or open mic, we've got to call them nowadays, they're open mics. Yeah. Um, but that that side of my life, that adventure again, yeah. <laughs> will be happening. Um, so I'll be keying in with the local music shop there and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get some young'uns from the schools and some family atmosphere happening as well. Yeah. Um, because again, you get away from the city that stuff gets nurtured and and people are more encouraging and and they're more happy with that sort of environment so if there's a chance at at, uh, a mini St Andrews happening or that it'll happen in a little town like that I think nice what what uh, night have they given you to run Sunday afternoon (laughs) Sunday afternoon which uh (laughs) I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with yeah well somehow you made that monday work i mean i remember because i was working full-time even back then as i am now but i'd uh i'd shoot home have a quick nap grab something to eat grab my guitar and head up to st andrews on the monday night yeah and um probably ratchet for the rest of the week because <laughs> it was such a big night but it's just what we did so well those were crazy times because monday afternoon I did the radio show, um, which was in Belgrave. So I'd finished the radio show at um, five, jump in the car, come down to St Andrews, and then we'd do St Andrews Monday night. Wednesday night, I had beaches, which was always packed. Was that Mornington, uh, wasn't it? Down at Mornington, ah, the yeah. other side of the, the city. 
Thursday night uh, was the Bridge Hotel down in Richmond. Mm. Um, Friday nights was usually a gig for myself. Saturday nights was a gig. And then Sunday afternoons, where were we Sunday afternoon? I can't even remember now. There was one Sunday afternoons Down towards well. St Kilda. Uh, there was a pub on the left there before. Oh, oh shit, what was that called? I, I know, Jake, Jake James and I played there one day. Um, Pine on Punt. Oh, yeah, that Pine was Pine on yeah. Punt. Was that yep. the one? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, life was busy. Yeah. And um, it's funny, I was uh, in moving, throwing out some old stuff, and I found one of my old uh, workbooks when I had the business running, Russ, Russ Keller Promotions, as it was called. Yeah. And I had a look in it, and... On average, I was doing, with, with the TV and all the live shows and gigs and that, 370 to 380 gigs a year. Mm. <laughs> and you, you, you don't realise, once you get the momentum going yeah. and you're just on the go doing gig after gig after gig, it, it just becomes a way of life and you, and you don't realise. And you think, how did I make the TV show in that time? Mm. Every week as well. Mm. And sleep. Yeah, sleep somewhere in there. (laughs) It was was quite crazy. And and then summer when the festivals were on, doing the the council festivals and and the community festivals and that as well during the day and my gigs at night, it it was all quite wonderful. Mm. I look back and I think, Jesus, did I really have that energy? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you probably didn't stop long enough to... Well, that's it. Well, it... As you know, it was an illness, well, an accident that that actually stopped me and Mm. um, laid me up. Nowadays, I'm just happy that, A, I can chase uh, Kaz, my much better half, around the farm still. (laughs) I can ride my bike and I can play my music, so life's wonderful. Yeah, well, you're looking pretty well and and healthy and fit. Having a go, um, having a go. yeah. The only problem nowadays is I've got old Craig, and, and when oh, I do catch up have. with me missus, I, I end up having a nap. That's all I've got the energy to do. So. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a nap. <laughs> Naps are underrated. Um, so you had Channel Thirty One going for a while, didn't you? Your TV yeah, show was it? Yeah. On Channel Thirty One. Yeah, I think that was a different show every week for about fourteen years. I think before I I said no, nah, I can't do this no more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. Um, before we actually last night I sent you a text I said have you got an old photo of us somewhere from back in the day and you you said no but when we spoke today uh, you said you got heaps of video of like the Monday night jams and stuff and uh, you you plan on putting that all up on YouTube one day once you can get through it all. Once I find out how to work the Google, I'm, I'm st- even though I've used computers for the TV show, the radio show and all that, I've always used them as tools. I'm mm. not what you call a computer person. <laughs> so actually getting these files up on YouTube is going to be an achievement for, for me. And, and at the moment, because I've got my own recording studio set up, mm. um, that's where my heart is mm. on now, not yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got uh, your niece and your nephew behind us here. They look pretty smart, com- computer savvy. Well, we were <laughs> talking about it on the way here and they were telling me, oh, that's easy, Uncle Russ. Yeah, I can do that. I'll do it in a day, mate. <laughs> easy. And uh, they'll just let you know what fee 
to pay. Do, oh, yeah, yeah. There's always a fee. <laughs> yeah, cash. They actually work pretty well for me. Um, they're roadieing for me today, which will cost me a bowl of chips and a couple of Cokes. So That's not too bad. They work pretty cheap, yep. which is good because I'm cheap. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now, in front of us here in the middle of the table is your brand new album, Boogie All Night. Well, yeah, well, fairly new. Fairly new. It's, it's 12 months old or so. But what I am happy about is that I've sold enough that the one that I should, as soon as I've finished building my studio in the new place, once I, I get in there about six weeks away and I'll have the new one sold out on Love ready to go. Okay. So And that one's already paid for the next one. So um, I'm happy with that. Cool. <laughs> so where'd you record this one? Home engineered and produced Matt Jones well, Home Sound? Yeah, Matt, um, one of my old mates, uh, he's been doing recording for years and he said, oh, I'll do a couple of songs for you. So he did um, and he did, I think, two, two songs for me and then two songs with me and then I got my own studio and I've done the rest. Okay. Um, and already I, I cringe at that, even though people like it and it's being played and that sort of stuff. Mm. When you make it yourself, you tend to hear the mistakes. And so I'm looking forward to the new one, yeah. which is so refined compared to that one. Yeah, okay. But um, the biggest acclamation I get from it is um, people say I've managed to capture... Uh, the live sound of me. Yep. Um, on it, I'm playing everything uh, except the lead guitars. I've got um, Bernie and Matt plays lead on one. Um, Bernie plays lead guitar and um, uh, banjo on one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, on the new one, I've got him playing mandolin as well. I've cool. got another one of my old mates playing some trumpet. But essentially, I, I just basically play the whole song, leave the, the lead out for um, for someone to come in to do it, because I'm still not a lead guitarist. <laughs> Arsewipe, I, I'm yeah. not. Never will be. Leave That's it, all right. Leave it to the experts uh, That's like it. Bernie. That's so it. We were supposed to have Bernie on the on the podcast today, but he uh, hasn't turned up yet, or is he...? He's good at being late. He's, he's a father of three now. Oh, right. He's... Um, Five years older than me, mm. and he's just had three kids, and wow. they're, they're all um, under eight years of age. And my God, is his life wonderful <laughs> to watch! Uh, <laughs> well, that would have been an interesting conversation for the uh, the podcast. But <laughs> oh yes, I, I tease him all the time about it, and uh, every so often his his uh, family will come to a gig, and they they just oh look at what daddy's doing I didn't know daddy did that he's probably been doing it for for years so but yeah no he's he's uh, very busy with that and he gets to play Mr Mum half his life which is all wonderful Mm -hmm. everyone's got to do it I can't do it anymore I'm too old I'm Mm. I'm an old grandpa now my my (laughs) motto is be the hero feed them full of sugar and give them back it's called revenge (laughs) yeah brutal they do the wrong thing it's not my problem here it's your child <laughs> giving it back to you constant now. hero yeah <laughs> um so yeah you've been around the, the music industry for what 35 40 years 
been yeah. playing music around yes. Australia for, for that yes. long. Yes, yes. So you would have seen well, a few changes? I have. I When I was younger, I got... Um, I got sick of Melbourne. I've, growing up in Melbourne, it's always a love-hate relationship. It's one of those places where I have left many, many times and you always come back to Melbourne for some reason. And I guess people do it with everything. But um, I went one time vowing never to come back and, and I left in a car with my PA, my guitar and that. And I ended up spending two and a half years playing in between Adelaide and Perth. In, in little country towns and, and all this thing. And it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, right. Um, the only thing I, I didn't have at the time, which would have been nice, would be CDs. Yeah. Um, to have Sold. deposited on the, on the way. But um, it got to the point where people knew me. And, and so I'd, I'd go and do, do a pub in a gig, a gig in a pub, and they would ring the next pub and organise the next gig. Wow. And then I hooked on to, back then, there was a couple of thousand available to travel way, way in the middle of nowhere and play to these little communities, government money. And the publicans hooked me on to that. And, and I, I did quite well for myself. Yeah, right. Ended up basing myself in Perth. I played over there um, for a few years after that. And, and just just... The travelling and the adventure side of music, um, I, I find as intoxicating as as the playing and, yeah. and that sort of stuff, you know. And and even though I've I've refined and I, as you can see, I, I play in a in a tie nowadays and uh, try and take myself seriously and and all that stuff. Um, even even if you're playing to one or two people, if their eyes are on you, to me that's a hundred percent show mm. that's what you've got to do that that's what has to be done because mm. um, I also believe that music is isn't a gift music isn't um, so much a, a, a thing that you've practiced or that it's actually something you're a steward over and if you have the ability to to do music you don't own it the rest of the world owns it. You own the responsibility to do it and put it out there. Mm. And that, that goes for whether you're in your bedroom, whether you're on stage. You, you may never have been on stage, but those people around you mm. need to hear your music. Mm. They need to be touched by what's in your soul. It's, it's such a spiritual thing. Yeah, it's something you can't say in words or express in words. It's... Uh what is it like? It's like a feeling, and, a, yeah. and a, it's it's it, not something you can put in words. You got to hear it in a song. We, when I had the TV show, um, this, this is the sort of stuff that I think explains it a bit. I came up with the idea of this program called Music Is Fun. Mm. Now, what what I do is I would volunteer to go in to primary schools. There was a couple of conditions. The conditions were we did it in their hall and the whole school had to be there for it. Mm. And it would go from the end of lunch till the end of school. And I would go in with musicians and do this program called Music Is Fun. Mm. And over that 
two hours or whatever it was, we would talk about how music was a part of your life, how listening is just as relevant as, as playing music and all that, and go through different instruments. And we would finish, <laughs> we would finish with um, rock and roll. Mm. We would all come together and form a jam band yeah. and do you know, half an hour of rock and roll. Now, at that point, the innocence of young children, the majority of them, without doubt, at least 95%, had never seen a live rock and roll band before. Yeah. They may have seen something on television or that, but they'd never witnessed it, right? And... By the time you finished the first song, it was a Beatles concert. Mm. Now, the innocence of those children came out and the screaming and everything. And um, at the end of it, roadies, camera people, everyone had lines, lines of kids wanting autographs. Mm. Right? I, I kid you not. It was the most phenomenal, beautiful thing. And we did it school after school after school for a few years. And every time about... Three, sometimes six months later, I'd get a phone call from the principal thanking me again. Yeah. And the the music that they would do in the school, be it recorder, be it singing or whatever, 90% of the school would have a go at it. Mm. Now, that, that doesn't mean they all took on an instrument and continued with it. Mm. But they had a go, and for a couple of months they experienced personal music as well. Yeah. Now I don't want to say he's late. You were asking about <laughs> him before, but Mr. Mum is here. Well, thanks for being on the show, Russ. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Bernie, how are you? <laughs> Get nice and close to his microphone. Okay, you got, you got down low, have you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. This this is Bernie. Who uh, I was just saying how you play all the guitar and uh, banjo and mandolin and all, all the stuff. Pieces, yep. <laughs> all the important stuff. <laughs> and I don't know whether we care to admit it or that. We've been playing together so many years, it's almost scary, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been 2000 and something. Yeah, because Craig's um, been talking about St Andrews and uh, when I got sick, Bernie actually took over St Andrews for me. Oh, right. Running it, trying to hold it together to spite naughty musicians. <laughs> Getting home at four o'clock in the morning, start work at seven. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and that was Monday, then Wednesday I had to do it all again. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about the fact that it was a, a Monday night and uh, had a pretty good run considering it was a Monday night. And yeah. uh, the, yeah. the sort of crowds that we were pulling here, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, well, a lot of people got nothing to do on Monday night. Obviously. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, but it's just nice to catch catch up with other musos and well, actually, and talk and play. And the funny thing is, Dusty Star still has it going on a Monday night, and they still get a a um, core people. I, I think they get anywhere up to fifty people each week that come and have a jam. So it's actually still in existence. If you're in Melbourne and you're doing nothing on a Monday night, come down St Andrews, see Dusty, and uh, plug your instrument in and do your thing. Yeah, right, OK. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. There you go. <laughs> I just, just thought of it then. Did so. not know that. Yeah. Um, so what, what else do you want to know? Well, we, uh, we lost contact... Uh, at some point along the way there, didn't we? Uh, for a few years. Yeah. And that, that reconnected through 
good old Facebook. Yes, yes, me me trying to learn how to do the Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I was rapt to see uh, to see you coming up as an acoustic fox, as I said before, and uh, doing your original stuff. And so I went and saw you play. Yeah. And was very proud of my head. I'm oh, very proud. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, what was a Bombay Rock in Brunswick, I think it, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It Some uh, punk girls bought it and, and are re- redoing it. I was there with a very drunken Matt Jones that night. Oh, that's Matt that plays on the album, yeah? Yes. Ah, okay. And helped. Help me learn how to record. Right. He's the one who taught me recording. Thank you, Matt. Yep. So he's, he's let me loose on the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be doing the next album at home? Yourself. Yes, well, like I say, it, it's pretty well done. Um, Bernie's done all his parts. I've just got to clean up a couple of um, bass lines and uh, redo some vocals yep. that I'm not all that happy with. Um, and it's set to go. So once I get my studio finished which should be within the next two or three weeks i say six weeks i'll be getting it burnt cool and and made um and it's funny because the singing the reason for the singing is i've joined the stall performing arts group and uh, i'm doing what i refer to as real singing again now i haven't done this for 35 years (laughs) where you're singing with a choir and you've got the music in front of you and you've got to sing the notes in front of you. Not what you feel, mm. not what you want, what your music teacher. No, mm. you sing that note. <laughs> Let's go back to the piano. Ding, ding, that's the note you're singing. <laughs> and uh, it's like calisthenics for the throat. Mm. Now, years ago, Bernie said to me, he said, if you're going to really sing, you've got to do scales mm. and you've got to do scales regularly. Yeah. And and he's, he's right. Yeah. If, you, if you're a singer out there and you, you sit there even with your guitar and you just go up and down, up and down every day for half an hour, an hour, you will have three times the voice that, um, that, that you have. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a workout. It's like gym work but for your, for your throat. Yep. Well, this stuff, because it takes you outside your safety zone and you're up here and then down there and around here doing stuff that you would never think to do yourself mm. with your own music or cover songs or that, it's calisthenics for the voice. And so all of a sudden, what I've put down, it's like, nah, 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 we can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because it, it's brought my voice up again. Yeah, nice. Um, that'd be an interesting way to test your voice because it would take you directions that you wouldn't normally take it yourself, as you said, well, in your own songs. We're doing this show in about three or four weeks in the community centre there, and um, we're doing stuff from Nightmare Before Christmas, Phantom of the Opera. Um, they've thrown in Time Warp. Oh. Um, I've started doing the Monster Mash because that's in there, so I had to learn well. it on guitar for myself. And, and yeah, just just songs I wouldn't normally do. There's one I'm singing from Beauty and the Beast well. um, and stuff like that. And, as you say, songs I would never choose for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, effectively, your whole career, you've been punishing us. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> in the later years, you've decided to um, square it up and... 
start singing your tune. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better late than never. Yeah. I, the term. I, I don't know. I, I think I can still find those flat notes for you, Bernie. <laughs> we'll be right. No doubt. <laughs> I think we will. Especially at a live show. I mean, God. <laughs> yeah, the scales are a painful thing. I, I brought a keyboard a while ago and I'll just sit in front of it. And, uh, got a call before you walk. Yeah, like it's helped a lot. I've still got a lot of work to do, but uh, yeah, the it's o- helped the other just sitting thing, there. The other thing Matt says, um, he jumps on the back of what Bernie says about scales, and he says, record yourself doing those scales. Mm. And that's even scarier yeah. again. Mm. Um, but, but the thing is, just you get used to it. And, and if you do it every day as, as part of your thing, or at least three or four times a week, you start very quickly to hear and feel the benefits of mm. it. Like it's easier to do the thing that you love doing. And, and as soon as you, you hit that point, you go, oh, well, hang on, I'm not stopping this. Mm. Yeah, once you feel the, the difference and your voice open up. Yeah. Um, yeah. The voice is a funny thing, isn't it? It's a hard hard instrument to to deal with on a daily basis and because uh, it... It's sort of based on how you're feeling and some days it feels better than other days and why can't I do today what I did yesterday with my voice? And it's good to hear you call it an instrument uh, because it is. Yeah. Um, just like uh, backing vocals aren't just backing vocals. They're an instrument in yeah. the band if they're used properly. Mm. And if you ever wonder about that, listen to the music Jim Steinman wrote for mm. meatloaf listen to some of those backing vocals and and they're keyboard parts mm. they're keyboard parts for the voice mm. they really really are mm. and an inspiration i think that was the the meatloaf yeah bad out of hell bad, bad out, out of hell, hell yeah. too um e- even um Rock the bonnie tyler song yeah, yeah. dreams come true is the one you're referring to yeah oh but it, it just bad out of hell the whole album oh, you what listen a, what to an album oh jeez Amazing. I remember seeing that live mm. when Meatloaf first toured. Mm. Forget about him at the grand final. Yeah. He could do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one looks good at the grand final, really, do they? It's not really a... I still wonder how much the sound guy had to do with it. But then again, you know, musicians, heaven forbid, have been known to have a drink or do drugs. Who knows what was going on that day? Yeah, yeah well, they have bad days. I mean, it's just... Rule number one, don't tick off the sound guy before yeah. it's going on. <laughs> so uh, what, what's some of the... We haven't talked about your influences, Russ. What's, what's some of the music you're into? Well... Growing up and now? Growing up, um, a, a variety. Rock and roll was always on in the house, and I hated it because that was my mum's music and she used to make me dance to it whereas now I passionately love it um, and and the Beatles and stuff but I went more into bands like Deep Purple Rainbow Black Sabbath um, Jethro Tull um, uh, your rock bands Rush Triumph um, the that big sound, that big, clean, beautiful sound. Um, I had trouble when when Metallica and bands like that came out. Mm. I, I think you'll know for a while there. I had trouble with them because suddenly there were bands based on, um, if you like, a Tony Iommi and 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 um, Black Sabbath effect for a song. Yeah. And they were just playing that all night. And I'm like, no, 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 what's going on? 
now I've come to appreciate that mm. stuff. Um, even like when Nirvana came out and Kurt Cobain, who I know you're quite fond of, at the time I thought that they sound like they're unrehearsed. That tone of the guitar is, is what you hone in the garage. What the hell's going on? Now we even do yeah. some <laughs> Kurt Cobain music. You yeah. know? Um, so in my old age, I've come to appreciate that maybe I didn't know it all mm. and everything. But as far as influences go, I, I also love Mozart and Beethoven. Um, there's very few types of music that I would say don't influence me. Um, rap, I hated rap, hated rap, hated Eminem. Um, took my young nephew to see Eminem, didn't understand the word, couldn't wait to get out of it. All of a sudden in this um, store performing arts, there's a song with rap in it. Oh. And oh my God, I'm starting to listen to and appreciate rap, thinking, what the hell is happening yeah. to my brain? <laughs> yeah, it's just open, that's all. So I, I, I guess very little music doesn't influence me. I'd even go to the point that sitting in my farm, listening to the, to the kookaburras and the wrens and, and, and even the currawongs and the crows influence me yeah um i love it i just there's music everywhere there is yeah the birds hit a rhythm sometimes like there's a pattern in there yeah when i was young i used to find i did a couple of uh, factory stints and sitting in a factory and the the different sounds Mm. of machines and that would start to create music in my Mm. head that that i'd start singing along to yeah and, and stuff so I don't know, I'm, I'm one of those people, I enjoy riding my motorbike because every time I do, I don't need headphones. I have music in my head. Mm. I, uh, one of the great catastrophes for me when I got sick, there was 18 months there when I was really, really sick in hospital that I didn't hear music mm. in my head. And I was lost without it because it's, it's probably the only time in my life where there wasn't constantly music in my head. Like, even as we talk now, I have music in my head. It's just one of those things I love about life. There's always music. You take the music out, and I'm a lost soul. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, The hard thing is when when you're trying to sleep and you've got music in your head, because I I get creative at night. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd be either rehearsing or writing at night, and... You know, when you're when you're writing that that same song, sort of gets stuck in your head a little bit, and you haven't quite finished. But you got to go to bed because you got to get up for work the next day, and then you can't sleep. And then yeah, so it's just well, one of the things I've learned, I've had to learn, is to relax. Um, I used to think because in the early days of writing, songs started and finished, and they got done real quick. Then all of a sudden. I think it was about 18 months ago I turned around to Bernie does that sound like a song yeah and then I'd be thinking right I've got to write a song with that yeah well nothing would happen <laughs> and and I've learnt to relax on a piece of music mm. and just keep playing it mm. and I've, I've got stuff in my solo shows that what I would call half written songs that are just music and I'll play them I'm yeah. thinking of playing one for Bernie today to yeah. start with and and the words come later. There, there's stuff that I, I showed him 18 months ago that I've still yet to show him are a song. 
and there's stuff he's he's seen develop from just a little bit of music and now now there's songs like life is an adventure and stuff yeah. like that remember i was playing around with, i got this riff yes. i got this riff and then all of a sudden one day hey i've written some words to it <laughs> i don't know if they're any good but hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah you sort of start start off with just building blocks and put them together yeah and um it's just it, you can't rush it anymore well i can't rush it anymore yeah um I feel if I try and push a song out, it'll only be half a song anyway mm. and it'll be changed later mm. um, to finish. Mm. Um, but like I say, most of my early stuff, they, they were written in, in 10 minutes. And the, the way I used to write them was quite crazy. I'd get chords in my head, not pick up a guitar, write down the chord progression, write down the words... And then play it oh, for the okay. first time. It's interesting. And and they're still that way. So would you hear the chords in your head, or yeah. literally just, I'd just a hear, no, I just hear the chords in my head yeah. and think, what are they? And I'd write them down. Yeah. And then I don't think I could do. I don't know. I I still don't know how I write songs. Yeah. They just happen. They're they're an entity in themselves. <laughs> um, before we hit record today, you were you were showing me a bit of a new song. Oh, yes, because you inspired it, you want to hear it. Okay, can you pass me that guitar, Bernie? Grab your guitar. Now, so, I'm still learning it, actually. So what was the thing you were telling me about this song? Well, your last CD, which was entitled, what was it entitled? Guiding Light. That's the one. There was a song on it that uh, used the word beautiful, and it's a lovely little ditty that you were writing. And uh, at the time, I was thinking to myself, the world needs more three, four songs. So I had that in my head. And then your song was so beautiful, I thought, geez, I wish I could write something like that. And um, one day, this one came up. Cool. And it'll be on the next CD. That's just a tease. Beautiful. 
Because like I said, I'm still learning it. But <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. You, you'll hear that on the next CD, sold out online. Awesome. I've actually recorded it already. And uh, that looks like a bit of an old guitar. It looks like you've been carrying that around for quite a few years, Russ. This is my favourite guitar. This has been all around the country with me a few times, my old Washburn. Yep. It was actually a present. And it's the most comfortable one I've got. I was lucky when I had the TV show and everything. I was sponsored by Mayton. Oh, uh, that's right. Gave me my my Mayton acoustic and my Mayton electric, which I still use. But um, the Mayton's probably got a better sound and officially a better guitar. But this Washburn, it's it's got my soul wrapped up in it. Yeah, you've you've worn Guitar's it in. Guitars become a, a personal thing and. And it's an old American Washburn before they, they went to Asia. And the wood just gets better and better. Um, I did a bit of research on it. Uh, 1978 it was made. Wow. And, um, yeah, like I say, it, it's, it's, it's the most comfortable that I play. Even more comfortable than my telly that took me a lifetime to be able to get. Yeah, I think acoustic guitars are different in that way. Oh, they are. They, they just really become like your third arm and you really, they just become a part of you and the older they get, the better they sound. Yes, yeah, well, the, the wood. Yeah. Same with violins and, and, yeah. and all wood instruments. Yeah. Um, it, with time, they just get better and better. Yeah, I think electric guitars are a little bit different. You've got to keep them clean. You've got to keep the electrics up. Uh, but acoustics, they can be... A little bit dirty. Having said that, I'll be doing most of today with my tally, and I love it. It's a nice it's tally. A, it, it's only it's only a, a Mexican yeah. for you connoisseurs out there, yeah. but I, I believe it's like 500 k's away from the other factory, and it sounds just beautiful. It does everything that the others do. So is that the uh, the one you got on the front of your album cover? The yes. Tally? Yes. That's it. Cool. That's it. And uh, you got your your Triumph motorcycle on there. Oh so. yes, I love my <laughs> Thunderbird. How long have you been riding motorcycles? Uh, all my life, mm. basically, on and off. And uh, love Triumphs. I leave the Harleys to the purists. I, I've always loved a, a Triumph. Mm. Good British machinery. Mm. For for those motorcycle enthusiasts out there, I I had a. Um, uh, my last three bikes have been a Bonneville, which was the collector's edition, the 50th anniversary, um, which I used to go out with my mates when I was still all, all gung-ho. And uh, it would do the tonne, no worries, and keep up with all the Harleys, but was using up all the parts. So I bought myself a Rocket, 2,300 cylinders of pumping, beautiful bike. But I broke that in half, so uh, mm. I've had the uh, Thunderbird ever since, the 1600, mm. and it is beautiful. Bernie helped me make a uh, rack so as I can take a guitar on there. I've got a guitar rack on the side of my bike, Yep, um, which works well. Where, where there's a PA, a lot of times I go on the bike, mm. which is a great way to do a gig. That's, <laughs> that's how you got here today? No, no, because I've got the amp today because... Oh. Uh, some of the songs that we're doing require the amp, so right. I'll be doing using both. 
Plus, it's hard to get the young niece and nephew and the oh, amp course, and everything yeah. on the bike together. <laughs> Just put them in a little trailer on the back. Yeah. Um, do you remember back in the day at St Andrews on the Monday night, there were a lot of bikes parked out the front, as you as you said. Yeah. And then uh, it was sometimes during songs, sometimes in between. A few of them would fire up out the front there. Not a bad sound. <laughs> Again, Meatloaf made it work. Oh, Jim yeah. Simon made it work in Banana Hell. I think uh, Motley Crue in the intro yes. to Girls, Girls, yes. Girls as well. Yes. So. <laughs> no, it all works well. It yeah. all works well. Now, um, I usually sort of do a little bit of research on my guests before I get to the interview, uh, even though I know, you know, a little bit about them anyway, but there's always, you know, something that I've forgotten or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and it just sort of helps me get through the interview. Um, when I when I googled Russ Callett, uh, have oh you ever God. done that? No. <laughs> there was a, a UK-based UFO investigator. Oh, that I have heard up. about him. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> is a that you? nutter. He's a nutter. It's not you then. No, it's not me. <laughs> Mind you, if someone wants to come down from another planet and sexually experiment on me, <laughs> bring it on. You might regret that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting topic, isn't it? That's it is. For a, it <laughs> is. for a different podcast, but yes. uh, he's a nutter. It'd be obviously. nice to lo- know a little bit more. Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty uh, intrigued by all that stuff. I must say. Oh yes, yes. Um, Are they out there? Are they not? Have to be. Have to be. They have oh, to be. There we go. Yeah. Well, they're probably here, you know, but uh, they'd be out there too. I'd say. So. You want me to take my many's black mask off? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Now <laughs> um, yeah, you are you have transitioned into the the digital world to yeah. some extent. Yes, yes, I'm trying to modernise myself. Um, now I, you haven't made it onto Spotify yet. Oh no, no. But you are on Bandcamp. I am. I am. And and. Yeah, yeah, you can have a listen to to that. The whole thing is, right, people say to me, why are you making CDs that's old-fashioned? I go to a gig with a CD, someone gives me money, I give them a CD, end of story. If you go on Spotify, from what my research has told me, every thousand people that, that listen or whatever you get seven cents, mm. right? Now, that, that might be wonderful, and they, all the young kids talk about the wonderful digital world and how many people are listening and that, but who's going to advertise it and tell them to listen to Russ Kellett, mm. right? So it might only cost 30 or 50 bucks a year to be on there, but I'd, I'd rather put that 30 or 50 bucks in my pocket, thank you very mm. much. Those who, who want a CD... Look me up on, on, on the Facebook, go to Messenger, have a chat to me. I'll give you a bank account, put the money in, and I will gladly post it to you. Fair exchange. And people have been doing that. Yeah. And to me, that's the Google world gone mad in Russ Kellett's world. Mm. Well, that's far enough. If it's working for you, <laughs> but you're, you're someone who sort of gets around to a lot of venues and can yeah. have that direct exchange with yeah. people. So and, CDs and, work for you. And I'm old-fashioned. Yeah. And I'm old-fashioned. I mean, I still get CDs printed. Yeah. Um, it's hard to give someone, you know, if you didn't have CDs at a gig and you've got nothing to give someone, you're not going to give them 
Well, you're not going to say to them, jump on Spotify, you can find me on there. Or you can do that, but there's no guarantee that they're going to do that. But yeah. if they walk away with a CD, you know that they've got it. All right, they may not listen to it. <laughs> they may chuck it out the window or as Works they take off in the car. I, I doubt that if they've paid 15 yeah, bucks for it. True, <laughs> true. So... Um, but yeah, and doing festivals and that, it's always good to have stuff mm. on the merchandise table because yeah. it does sell. Yeah, you, you put on a decent show, it sells. Yep, you know. So pe- people still do it. It'd be nice to have you know LPs, records, but they're a little bit more expensive. Was so the CDs. Are, thinking about that, I've got some yeah. mates who've done it, and, uh-huh. and um, the company I get um, the CDs made by do offer that service, but then I think ah. Uh, you know, then then you got to worry about who's got a, a record player. Mm. At the moment, a lot of cars and that don't have CD players, but people are still prepared to buy the CD because mm. they go to their computer yeah. and they put it on a stick, and then they've got it for the car. So. Yep, yep. So uh, people can find you on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram. What yeah, else? yeah. I don't. I don't do. I've gone off the Instagram. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. Find find me through Facebook. Um, and if you go Russ Kellett Music on Facebook, that's the one I, I think where all my gigs turn up. Um, so that'll, that'll tell you where I'm playing if I'm coming near you. Yep. Prepared to travel. If anyone's got any gigs, just give us a yell, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly organise getting out there. I might even try and bring old man Bernie with me. Um, <laughs> if I can drag him away from his kids... It's funny, when you're younger, everyone's older than you. When you get older, everyone seems to be getting younger than you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, well, we've got to go and set up for yeah. this gig, don't we? We've got to earn a quid. I better uh, get out of your hair and let you get set up for a, a rocking afternoon. You going to get up and have a play? No, I've got, got, got to shoot off and I've got a few no. things to do. <laughs> I'll leave that, to the, leave that to you guys today. Slack, slack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it has been a blistery winter, hasn't it? Sure has. The de- the Come depressing. On, that, was, that was a throw too. That was a oh, throw to my too. album. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done an exchange today. I, I've given you my new album, and uh, you've given me yours. So, so you can play. You can choose a song or two and put it on this. Yeah, I'll put um, I'll put some links to your to your socials and cool. uh, in the show notes cool. as I as I always do. Um, yeah, I'm old-fashioned. Just talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a better way to be, I, I think. It is. It, it is. is. Well, I better get out of here. Let right. you get set up for today. Excellent. Um, thanks for being on the show today, Russ. Thanks for having me. And it's always good to be had. And thanks for being a um, a supporter of my music all along, right from the start there, and uh, to many others as well. You gave us all a platform. And uh, let me finish it with my old catchphrase from those days. Australian music is the best in the world. No matter what style or genre you like, we've got it all. Rock on, Aussies. Absolutely. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Bernie. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you again soon. Cheers. Done. <laughs>